distancing Hey, listen. The way we've been laughing and going on. If we got to disappear. Lord, everything I've been through. Second Timothy 4 and 2 says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Welcome to the In and Out of Season podcast where the conversation will be real, relevant, and still religious. I'm K.L. Jones. I'm Herschel Williams. And I'm R.L. Wesley. We are all ministers of the gospel with varying backgrounds and opinions. Join us as we share our thoughts, perspectives on current events, politics, race, and matters of faith. Whenever together, great conversations ensue, and we've decided to share those conversations with you. So here's your invitation to our world, a real relevant world with God at the helm. SoundCloud account. So over the course of time, we're going to repost some of the old episodes yeah, so y'all can yeah, access yeah. those. Uh, we're going to have our entire library on there. Make sure you check for the labels so it'll be some stuff maybe that you missed mm-hmm. um, that you'll be able to see. And so we have enough content. We're going to keep uh, connecting with you all and streaming with you all. But um, you can you we've talked about how we came into this call and the different things that uh, we did express through it. But one thing we never really talked about is Preaching, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're preachers, but yeah, we never really have yeah. talked about preaching on this podcast. And so, just to kind of give you guys a break from the continual uh, Corona coverage, we want to take some time to just kind of talk about some of our influences and uh, some of the things that give us inspiration. How the process is, you know, when um, um, Dr. Lewis Shepherd um, installed myself, and when he installed Pastor Herschel Williams. Uh, um, he has uh, something that he mentions as far as people's expectations of mm-hmm. a preacher. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how people look at the preacher and say, it looks like a really nice 
easy job. Right. He just right, jump right, up there right, right, and right. you know what I mean? He, he talks for right. uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and he sits down and they pay him all this money. Right. So on and so forth. But the reality is a lot different from what people perceive. None of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes on to talk about how oftentimes a preacher is the chief of a lot of different areas. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, from dealing with the, the finances, uh, uh, dealing with the, uh, the you know the spiritual aspects, right. uh, dealing with uh, even groundskeeping. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all right, sorts right, of things. Right. So it's a really good... Uh, and then having to preach a sermon on Sunday morning. And, <laughs> having to preach. And, and if you're a bivocational pastor. Right, having a job. And a family. And no, I mean, we can continue can to go on. You know? <laughs> no, 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 There's no. layers and yeah. levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and so uh, one of the things uh, uh, that while people may think it's a quote-unquote easy job, uh, that's not exactly the weight that we see. Absolutely. There's tons of studies. Uh, you can go to Barna Research, just Google that and talk about pastoral attitudes. Um, you know, there the majority of pastors are dealing with depression. Majority of pastors feel stressed out, and particularly in this kind of this day and time, there are a lot of different things that you know pastors are dealing with. The job is not easy as some people may think. Right. So we want to pull back the curtain a little bit on today mm -hmm. All right. and talk about one of the aspects the people that may think it may be kind of easy, what exactly all goes into it, right. how are we influenced to do it, what is our process like, and so uh, we just want to kind of go down that uh, uh, gamut. And so I want to uh, take some time to interrogate my brothers a little All bit right. and then let them turn the tables on me. And so well, first I think it's important for us to kind of talk about our influences in preaching. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, to think that we are uh, or to pretend that we may be originators None of us are or some stylistic mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. The reality is all of us have been influenced by oh, some yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, and so um, when we think about it, uh, when you, when I hear you preach Reverend Wesley, mm -hmm. who is in the background that we don't <laughs> see? <laughs> well, you know, uh, your boy comes from a, a preaching family tree. Uh, For sure. Boy, boy, boy. And, you know, not just uh, my uncles and my dad, uh, great-grandparents uh, were preachers, uh, great-uncles. On both sides, on if wow. we my dad's side of the family, the herd side uh, had a lot. They have a lot of preachers. The Wesley side has a lot of preachers. Uh, tons, tons, <laughs> tons. So um, definitely have a family influence per se, uh, and the biggest influence would be uh, my uncle Kerry Wesley. Absolutely. Um, uh, the doctor Kerry Wesley. The doctor Kerry Wesley. He, the first time I heard him preach, um, I was maybe 10 or 12 years old. He did my grandmother's eulogy. And I'd been going to church uh, for a while at that point. And I heard my pastor preach every Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Well, man, he could not compare it <laughs> to what I heard from my uncle on that day. This was, this was supposed to be a sad occasion. Right, right, right. right and right. he got up there and he... He broke down that word yeah. to where me as a 10 or 12 year old, wow. I could understand what he was talking yeah. about. He broke it down to where uh, this child who was essentially sad right. found Sorry. a little bit of joy wow. in his message That's at right. the time. 
And man, it just blew me away from that point. I remember him making this illustration uh, about some lilies that he had saw. And man, that illustration just stuck with me. It's, 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 I, I can quote Even to this day, it. I mean, you today, know, I can bring quote it up now. Right. And um, man, it just it just did something to me to hear him preach the way he did at that at that time. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll be honest, a lot of my like when I when I when I accepted my call, I was like, man, I want to get some illustrations. Like, <laughs> I want to figure out how I'm carrying all right, those right, these right, illustrations. Right, right. I got to figure that out because right. he it, it it was so. He's so clever. That was a gift that he had. Right. right. And he he would he would take the smallest thing yeah. that you know you do every single day. Oh, yeah. And he would find a way to re- relate that to scripture yeah. and bring out this this magnificent message from it. And I'd right. be like, man, how do you do that? Do that? <laughs> yeah. So uh when I when I figured out an illustration, man, I was so excited <laughs> to be able to share that. We it landed it. on one. Right. When I, when, I, when, I, when I figured one out, man, yeah. I was like, you know what? That's that's it. Right there. <laughs> on the right track. So um, definitely, my first influence uh, with preaching and somebody I, who I would say I, I tried to pattern somewhat, yeah. mm-hmm. it would definitely start with my uncle Kerry. Mm-hmm. What about down the line? Other people that you kind of tap into? Um, some of my favorite preachers, um, and mine are mainly uh, based on people that I've had relationships right, with. Right. So, right. That's um, That's like right. Jamil Wesley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Pastor A Street, Pastor A Street in North Little Rock, mm-hmm. uh, one of my fraternity brothers. Uh, and the thing about him was watching him grow. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We when we were in college, you could see that he was struggling with the with the ministry, Rest. Uh, knowing that this right. is something that he was called to do, but right. maybe necessarily running from it a little right. bit mm-hmm. and, and saying, "I." That's all of us. That's all. So watching him grow and then being able to have those conversations yeah. as I was. Uh, going through my struggles right, with the right, call, right, right. being able to have somebody that I could talk to, and this, and you know, hearing how powerful he got with preaching so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The first sermon that I heard him preach, I was like, man, it sounds like he's been doing this yeah. for years. Right. I'm sure um, he has though. He has that point since. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just by himself. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Right, yeah. I've heard some stories. We're not gonna go there, but man, just um, just heavily influenced. Uh, not. Not so much influence, but just um, I found so much comfort in having yeah. a peer yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that I could talk to, right. especially when I was going through uh, my running phase. And uh, it, you know, when I when I accepted my call, uh, Jamil was one of the first people I called and talked to him about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. he just uh, expressed so much joy oh, with yeah. me. You know, and like, man, I'm yeah. so happy for you. Yeah. Uh, and just keep running on with the Lord. Just gave me that encouragement. Uh, that I needed, and then um, Christopher Davis. He's he's oh, a yeah. very the Christopher B. Davis. Yeah, after St. Paul, uh, yes. in Memphis, Tennessee. He ha- he has a special place in my heart. Uh, God really used him to talk to me one night uh, when I really responded. Yeah, I was like, I, I got to stop running now. Yeah. God, God has spoke through this man. He has let me know that you know, Roy, I need you to come and I need you to do this for me. So he holds a very yeah. special place in my heart. That was the defining moment. That was the defining that moment. Uh, and it, it was it was so crazy how it happened because uh, it happened out of turmoil. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't come into the right. the the revival because of some some conflict that was going yeah. on in my life. But in the midst of the conflict, I still got asked to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through that coming, God had me in the right place wow. at the right time wow. to 
do what he needed to do and hear, for me to hear what I needed to hear. Right, right. And then out of that conflict, you know, it was like beauty for ashes. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just he blessed my soul that time. And it's, every time I've heard him preach, oh, yeah. he has blessed uh, my soul and made me want to run on and do better in my ministry. Yes. So uh, those would be the top three. Uh, but then I can't leave out my pastor um, that I grew up under, Bishop Wallace Johnson, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, who was a powerful uh, preacher. Truly, uh, truly. Definitely um, was influenced by him. Then my dad, I can't leave out my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, my dad has definitely been a powerful minister all these years down in Camden. And uh, man, just I just appreciate his grind. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, he has never gotten discouraged for the Lord. He's kept running on and uh, working with what the Lord has given him. So mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him and uh, him carrying on the mission regardless of whatever adversity he faces or whatever comes his way. Uh, then my father-in-law, uh, Reverend Shoebox. Yes, sir. Ronnie <laughs> King. Yeah. He, he's definitely great with those illustrations as well. Right. Um, Ronnie Keener uh, having that shoebox and just pulling those things out right, that, right. that that spark your your brain and let yeah. you know that this can relate to the word yeah. of God right, right here. Right. And I think that's the illustration part of preaching. I think that is something that is so special. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it really connects, especially our younger people. Right. It, it connects them to that sermon. Yeah. It gives them something to think about throughout that week as they're going throughout their different trials and tribulations. They can think about that illustration and it can bring that message back up to them at that moment and encourage them yeah. to keep going. So. Uh, I love the illustration part of preaching. Uh, I, I think historically our people are connected to the illustrations. Right. You right. will probably be able to speak more on that. I mean, just historically, <laughs> y'all, I think it, it is an aspect of, you know, particularly, you know, African-American preaching style. Right. right. I mean, it's it's right. universal. But a lot of times, uh, you know, people might not always remember the message Exactly. That's or the right. text. That's right. They will remember the illustration of the stories. Uh, Pastor Williams, what about for you? Who are some of the, uh, the people in the background that uh, that we don't necessarily know we're listening to, but that mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, are there uh, kind of speaking uh, to and through you? Well, I'll say this uh, because it's a little bit, it's a little bit different for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Roy... Uh, these are people that I had a close connection with. Uh, the first major influence as far as preaching in my life was my uncle, uh, the late Bishop Keith Smith um, out of uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little boy, and I didn't realize how popular he was as, right. a, as his nephew. You didn't realize, no, right? No, I had, quote right, <laughs> I had no idea, man, no idea. But I always knew that every time... They came, him and my aunt would come into town, man. He would always take up time with me and spend time with me. And, um, and you know, I would listen to his preaching and always, I, I mean, I love because he was a singing, hooping preacher. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was just always fascinated by the hooping. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just, it fascinated me. We would be telling tales. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah, we got up here, right. got in here and pretended that uh, nobody, you know, that we're not fascinated with the hoop. I mean, it, it is the hooping, man. a part of the history absolutely. Uh, of uh, African-American it's preaching. It's the culture. It, it is, is the culture. Part absolutely. Culture. It's part of the culture. I mean, you can translate that from the history uh, I mean, I can't. African. <laughs> That's why I love it so much. Of like African a, song, you yeah. know, right, back right, in, right, in the motherland right, right. to all the way to the fields with the uh, uh, to the yeah, slave fields, yeah. the slave songs. 
uh, the call and response, quote unquote, aspect of preaching, where it's not necessarily just a, uh, a monologue, but more so a dialogue between the pastor and the people. Right, right. The hoop That's is it. the part of the, you know, the that celebration. So, your uncle had that that hoop. So it. he had, he had, he was an excellent singer, man, and he. His range went so high. Right. And I mean, he never would miss a, a beat. You know what I mean? Right, right. He was on. And man, I mean, he could go like extremely high, bring it back down. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you can YouTube him now. Yeah. Just like, how in the world? You know what I mean? But I mean, that mixed with his hooping was just absolutely fascinating. So I think that was the first probably influential uh, person in my life as far as preaching that I really paid attention to. Right. And, and, you know... Uh, I had he had my ear because he took the time to spend with me. You know what I mean? That means mm -hmm. a lot. Um, yeah. But that was very shallow. The next powerful influence, and I still think to this very day he's an influence on my teaching and preaching, is none other than Bishop Julian Lott. He pastors uh, Corner of Grace in Camden, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. and he also is the mayor in uh, right, Camden, right, Arkansas. Right. Uh, but when I first met Julian, man. Um, Actually, Julian used to preach with my uncle, Bishop Keith Smith, when he was a boy. Both both of them started preaching. I think they might have been like 12 years old. Right, right. And uh, I think Julian was pastoring his first church at 16. Wow. Uh, Bishop Smith, he was pastoring his wow. church real early. So, yeah, I mean, these guys were traveling, preaching, right, right. young age. Yeah. And likewise, Bishop Lott can sing, he can hoop. Mm. I mean, but but what stood out for me is when I met Julian Lott, I think Julian might have been about 26 when I met him. And I was blown away about the way that he could really dissect scripture. It was so fascinating to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, and so uh, here I was. I think the fact that I was Keith Smith's nephew kind of, it's opened some doors it did, for me. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, yeah. People um, always pay. For yeah, money. yeah. There's so, always somebody here paying. So yeah, it yeah. really kind of connected me because uh, that was Bishop Charles Williams. Uh, him and uh, they were cousins, and mm -hmm. so Charles Williams was the one who told me to go meet Julian Lott, mm -hmm. and uh, he was pastoring at Calvary in in uh, Luann, Arkansas. And so I was blown away, man. After service, I went up and met him, and he was approachable, and. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, man, I was so fascinated about how he studied, how he broke down scripture. And I said, man, I really have to learn how to study so I can dissect scripture. Right. And so I knew that what whatever I did from here on out, it would be able, because I couldn't hoop. I can't hoop. Right. That ain't what I'm good. I can't sing. You know what I mean? So if, if I'm not saying something, like I'm just, I mean, I'm just up here standing. You know what I mean? So I have to come with some substance. And so yeah. as far as the substance is concerned, I think that really came from Julian Lott. Uh, but I've always been fascinated with illustrations and storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I think storytelling is another aspect of my personal preaching style you know i love telling stories and i love right. being able to connect the illustrations mm -hmm, to the word mm -hmm. and to other people's lives and i think uh the next powerful influence to me i know a lot of people man because he's a tele evangelist but bishop right. um bishop uh td jakes, uh, jakes yeah. man i mean that's my dude man i mean i just i'm I love right. I love his style of preaching. Yeah. I love how he tells the stories. Millions I love how, of people man, you can't do. Deny the <laughs> you cannot deny the word. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people. I mean, you know how a lot of people hate. That's what people, right. you know what I'm saying. But 
But that. uh but man, I've really grown to love Bishop T D Jakes, man. And what is it in particular that? I mean, it's just his way of being able to make the word very common to mm -hmm. anybody. Take situations connected to the word and then how you uh, apply uh, uh, the end solution. I mean, I mean, he does that. That's his whole sermon format every time he right. preaches. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, and and it's, it is very, it's very, very relevant. And uh, I think it's influential in my style of preaching. And uh, last but not least, man, I really love my, my brother, um, Pastor Carnell Washington. Um, who uh, who is another brother of mine that he's long winded like Bishop T D James. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Long right, winded. Right. He, gonna, he gonna preach about hours. He gonna preach about hours. Right. You can count on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's but it's not boring preaching. Right. You won't go to sleep on it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So these guys are well studied, well versed individuals, man. And uh, and man, those are the guys I really love and look up to and admire, man. In Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how about you, my <laughs> friend? Uh, doctor? How about Mr. K.L. Jones? Whoa, y'all get too high. Are we talking about some country? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess for me, uh, so unlike these two brethren, I'm kind of like a, uh, a theological orphan. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody in the family. Right, right. You know, right. I have a, a, a you know distant relatives on my grandmother's maiden side. Wow. You know? So um, everybody who knows the Newbern family, you know, I'm right, related right. to the Newbern family. And in the Newbern family, they are a lot of preachers. Truly. Right, right. Um, and so, but we're, you know, distant cousins. I don't have anybody like within, the, you know, my, I don't have any, you know, uncles directly, or, you know, a father, a grandfather. So I don't really have a Large preaching tree. So if if this was a tree, I'd be one of the, the, the nuts that roll down the hill. I ain't really on the branch, but you know, like everybody knows, I belong to the tree, but I'm not really on the tree. That's you know good. what I mean? So, um, so I'm, you know, uh, my some of my, you know, biggest influences. You know, I think to be honest, you know, as I was, you know, coming along and wrestling with. The, you know, my call in particular. Um, I had people who, you know, poured into me over the course of my life. So it's a lot of people that I can give credit for. But when it comes to preachers, um, one of the first people, obviously, that I was really, you know, touched by was uh, the previous pastor, Greater Pleasant Hill, uh, Pastor Ron Brown. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, for me, I ended up, you know, if you go back and listen to the episode about, uh, you know, our, us dealing with our call, um, he was very instructive in me because I was kind of rebellious mm -hmm. and I didn't want to participate in the youth program mm -hmm. at my mother's church and at my father's church. And so since I was already going to have to do it at my daddy's church, I refused to associate myself at Greater Pleasant Hill. So in Piney Grove, I was in the youth program, but when I, I felt like I was I felt like I was being overworked <laughs> and underpaid. <laughs> so I pr protested the idea of being involved in two youth programs. Right, right. So my mom, she made me go to church. And so she said, Well, you you don't want to be down here with us, you're gonna sit up there with them quote unquote old folks. <laughs> and so one of the first people that really broke down scripture and taught me and really instilled into me, you know, a kind of theological right. mind frame was uh, Ron J. Brown. Now, right. at the time, obviously, I wasn't thinking like this. Right. You know what I mean? It's only in 
you know, in hindsight, you know, and mm -hmm. how much I realized that his teaching at that very impressionable age, I mean, mm -hmm. I was 12, 13, 14, right. you know, years old before, wow. you know, basketball practice started getting late enough where I could make an excuse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had, you know, somebody <laughs> give me a ride. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I ain't going to make it up. You know, that kind of thing. Until I was able to get away with that excuse, it was him putting that impression in me and really teaching me at a young age, you know what I mean? Wow. Um, as far as pre preachers and preaching. Um, um, also, you know, when I was really at this stage where I was kind of wrestling and seeking to grow, and, you know, I, as I've explained in the past, I've always been splitting time between Piney Grove and me and Great right. Pleasant Hill. Right. Because of, you know, my parents. So they always, you know, gone to these two churches. So those are the churches that I grew up in. Um, and so, and I kind of circle back to this, but one of the most influential people on me preaching is my father in the ministry, you know, Dr. Lewis Shepard, uh, who currently pastors Great Pleasant Hill. I think, you know, I wasn't really um, studying him to be a preacher, but his structure, yeah. his delivery, yeah. mm -hmm. you know what I mean? His uh, very uh, way to be able to, to handle a text mm -hmm. yeah. um, succinctly, those things or things that, you know, were, were there that really made a difference on me as I was being drawn towards my call. Mm. Ultimately, as I went on to accept my call, obviously he was one who got me through the process. Right. Um, and I, he never, um, quote unquote, said, you should preach like me. Right. You should right, do right. it just like this. Right. He's never been, you know, uh, that type of uh, individual. But, in his preparation uh, and you know his willingness to share, uh, you can see you know you know mm -hmm. the struggle. I wouldn't understand how to even construct a sermon. Like yeah, right. where would I even begin? Right. You know, I would know if it was not uh, for Dr. Lewis uh, A. Shepherd Jr. Um, and so he has been a significant influence on my life naturally and my preaching. Um, and so. Uh, even if I try to avoid it, I know you can hear him in the background. For sure. When you hear me preaching, you are always him in the background. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the most significant influences on my right, life. Right, right, right. You know, but before me, also, um, you know, as I, uh, you know, um, he, he was able to, you know, engage his preaching and to, to kind of, you know, study and to, to watch to watch him and therefore kind of take many of the things he did and it become implemented into the things that, that I do. Um, he introduced me to all kinds of preachers. You know, he's obviously well connected. Absolutely. I think I have to explain that to most people right. who know him. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been connected to a lot of different preachers and come under the influence of people like Christopher B. Davis, right. uh, right. Dr. George Smith, uh, who's, right. uh, uh, who's uh, gone on uh, to Saint glory Paul. now down in St. Paul Camden, longtime pastor there. Even meeting the famous Carrie D. Wesley through Dr. Shepard because True. he was a revivalist, yeah. you know, right. at Great Buzz Hill. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't really know of the of the man in the right. great breadth and depth until I met him at Great Buzz Hill. And then I was able to kind of go back and then see here's Whoa. Roy. <laughs> Not talking about <laughs> this right. famous right. uncle right. that we have all the 
time. So you know what I mean? Just your uncle. Just your uncle. Just my uncle. Hey, y'all know that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be beneficial. Oh, nah, but um, you know, uh, uh, so it would have felt a little bit better if you'd have said it though. You, you know, know what, what I mean? mean? I apologize. That's how me. We know. We know. Uh, but thankfully, I was able to find out. Uh, you know, uh, and so you know, you know, I'm yeah, because you, you introduced him, didn't you? The first, the first time he came, I think you did. I didn't, I didn't enter because he came one Sunday. Oh, that's right. He one, started the Sunday morning, right, and right, then right. Chef asked him to come back. Okay, and do a okay, okay. So then I got to get, I got to get up and talk. Got about the privilege, yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. Chocolate cake, that's right? right. <laughs> and my grandmother throwing pies when, uh, when he said he was called to preach. Right, oh, yeah. better not be playing with God. That, yeah. was, that, that was a good one. Yeah, I, I never that's got that story myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, but um, you know, so I've been able to be you know touched by those individuals. But you know. Even though I've had all of these great influences, and, and this is kind of, you know, kind of a little bit back and forth, but I couldn't reconcile the ideas in my head, you know, uh, uh, the conflicts that I felt and I was concerned about in some of the things that have been impressed upon me when I think about, you know, Christianity and our religion and this whole debate about the white man's religion, so on and so forth. We covered this in the past episode. I won't take too much time to talk about it now. But as I was wrestling with my call and I was dating my uh, going-to-be wife in the future, she had a cousin. Um, well, she has a cousin who t- attended uh, Friendship West. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Friendship West uh, Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, where Freddie... Uh, uh, D. Haynes is the pastor. Now this was back in the day, so it wasn't at you know Big Friendship West, the big right. church and everything you know as it is now for YouTube now, which you will see. Um, this was this church was in a, a building that was like a school auditorium, and so this was back you know in the gap a little bit. Yeah. So this was before mm-hmm. you know the certain level of notoriety that he has now. But we were there. This the church that she went to. Um, and so I just remember, you know, as a country boy who could pull up almost to the door of the church, one of the biggest things for me was like, man, we parking now. We got to walk off, <laughs> get in here. And then when we got in there, like it was, you know, uh, it was kind of tight. The space was tight. Yeah. I mean, he had the thing packed out. I think they were doing multiple services then. I never really heard of him before. Um, but he preached a sermon called Holla If You Hear Me, mm. you know, using a Tupac yeah. uh, um, um, song as the quote, uh, the title of his message. And the way he dealt with social justice issues mm-hmm. and the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and centered around the African-American experience, it was mind-blowing to yeah. me. Right, right. I, you know, at that time, you know, I just, like I said, I had trouble reconciling my influences yeah. and trying to understand, like, you know, I felt like, I felt this call in my life, but I just didn't feel like it was a way I could do it and be myself. Like right. I couldn't understand how to make it all mesh. Right. It seemed right. like a lot of people gave up one or the other to be able to right. do right. what they were doing. Right. And right. so he was one of the, the first people that I ever saw put it all together. All together. Yeah. And when he put it all together, I thought to myself, even though I didn't say anything to my wife at the time, but I know a thought that stuck in my head right then. I After I watched him preach, I said, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be hardy, right, like right, I can, right, I can, right, I can preach right. 
it wasn't like I could be like him, right, or I could right. preach like him, right. but it was like I can reconcile right. who I am right. and the gospel at the same yes, time. It's it's relevant, it. it's possible, I can do it. You, know mean, what I mean? you you think about that that title, I mean it it goes back to hip hop. Yeah. It's hip hop influence. Yes. This was like the early two thousands. Right. Tupac hadn't been dead that long. You know that's what I mean? Right. So this is not that's like right. at this point where everybody right. reveres him now. Right. It was still some debate about it. Right, right, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it did speak to pop culture. Right. It spoke to hip hop particularly, you know, in, in the message. Mm. You know, he was specifically dealt uh, with, you know, uh, history and influences of, uh, of, uh, of African-American history. Um, it was in February. I didn't think about that at the time. Right, right. right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we were going down there for Valentine's Day because we was cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't realize what I was going to <laughs> But it had a, such an impact on my life. And so through, even though I never, you know, you know met him personally, you know, uh, had, you know, significant conversation with him or anything like that, connecting with him there, and then uh, being able to reconcile that with myself, me starting to kind of essentially follow him. Mm-hmm. Then his preaching introduced me to people like Jeremiah Wright, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, who's pastor at Trinity United in Chicago for all those years or before Otis uh, Moss III. Um, and so that kind of influence kind of started to branch out my preaching tree. So really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between Dr. Shepherd and you know, Ron Browning gave me a foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Shepard uh, gave me instruction, structure. and yeah. structure, uh, and and, and uh, Dr. Haynes, uh, he was able to give me uh, freedom, a license yeah. to be oh, able yeah. to be myself right. Right. in the preaching of the, of the gospel. Right. And so those three people are probably the most influential in uh, the course of my life and my preaching. Uh, but obviously, you know, I started connecting, you know, dots, um, mm-hmm. and from from it was kind of in reverse because uh, Dr. Haynes would be uh, the youngest among them. So I connected to him first. Then he connected me to Jeremiah Wright because he started talking about Jeremiah Wright. And then as I got to uh, listen and follow Jeremiah Wright, he introduced me essentially to, to James Hal Cone, who was actually from Bearden, Arkansas, had no idea for many years, was a great theologian um, who wrote those uh, uh, books of uh, uh, you know, God and Disinherited and Black Theology, Black Power. Yeah. Those books and texts that I had no idea about growing up were were introduced to me essentially through, through uh, Freddie Haynes wow. third. Um, and so that's kind of how my preaching tree, my social justice, my conscience and so on and so forth. Those things developed through that one chance, right, right. you know, Man. opportunity where I was there at the right place at the right time. Yes, yeah. To be kind of touched, to be able to actually do what it is that, that God right. called me to do. So that those were kind of those, like I said, influences. I'd have to give him credit, even though he introduced me to so many more people. It would be Freddie Haynes was the person that really opened my eyes to that right. whole idea. Right. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of crazy because we can just be influenced by so many different things. True. You don't ever really quite know where you'll be. Or, you know, who it is that kind of spark that thing right. on the inside of you. So. I guess I kind of been a little bit everywhere. I didn't have, like I said, anybody that was right there. Uh, right, you know, right. right there. Sometimes right there. that's better. You know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I didn't have any shoes to feel. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So that, that's so true. Because, I, I mean, I'll say this, like, 
being in Camden and mm -hmm. accepting that call into ministry, people would tell, oh, Ooh, I knew you were going to be just yeah, like your dad. I, I knew you. And all this stuff. You know, that's you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, walking behind, walking in somebody's footsteps, that's like, man, I don't want to preach like my that's dad. Right. Just being that's honest. Right. That's right. I don't right. want to preach. I want, I want my own identity. Like, so like, I want the God, give, God to give me my own identity that's in right. the pulpit. That's right. That's right. So it was like, man, I don't, I don't want to sound like my dad At when all. I preach. You sound like, like David and Saul. Right, right. You know, that arm might work for you, yeah, but it don't work. Yeah. <laughs> they gonna right. fit me. Right. <laughs> I need my slingshot. So yeah, I definitely love what my dad does. It's just right. right. You right. obviously yeah. want to be who God called yeah. you to be. Yeah, I'm, who, I'm, we call Junior to yeah. be. He, he, he <laughs> brought he brought L Wesley Senior on R L. Be specific. So yeah, just like you said, uh, but, uh, that definitely uh, that. Depiction of Saul trying to give David yeah. his armor at night. That's not what works. Yeah, God didn't give me that. Right, right, right. right. God yeah. didn't give me That's that. Right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this uh, question uh, on today. So this is the part where people kind of mistake some of the work that goes into what they see mm -hmm. as far as the presentation aspect goes. So I'm gonna ask you first, uh, Pastor Williams. How do you prepare to preach? Hmm. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's different now that I'm a pastor. Uh, mm -hmm. I can say previously as simply a minister, uh, the way I prepared for a sermon would always be connected to wherever I am in the moment. Mm -hmm. Whatever I'm studying and reading in this present moment so everything that I'm doing, or at that time, everything that I was doing was building my next sermon. You know, mm -hmm. I never really, it was, it was always connected to where I was in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, as a pastor now, it's more directional, more intentional. Right. Uh, because there are so many things that the body is dealing Different with. Different responsibilities. Exactly. And yeah. you have to bring some structure to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're teaching or preaching on and see I don't always preach on Sundays mm -hmm. I would say the majority of what I do on Wednesdays and Sundays is teaching right, mm -hmm. right. okay I mean I preach considerably less than most people most pastors do mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so um, when we're talking about the art form of preaching right um, what we hear in the typical uh, sermon style right. Uh, that includes the exegesis of the text, exactly. uh, the three points, exactly. uh, and the song reference, and the, the basic blueprint, and the hoop at the end. So yeah, when we when you talk about preaching, it's not to say you're not uh, preaching. You know, people right, might right. misinterpret that. Right, 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 you right. take off on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's not what you mean. It's what really more is. work to teach. Yeah, it's more work to teach. Right, because a lot of people are a lot more advanced and informed than mm -hmm. people used to be. We have what they call the internet. Right. And Pocket can, computers. Yeah. And so you can do a whole lot of research uh, from that, even just to check to make sure uh, that the, the preacher pastor knows what he's talking, talking about. about. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think this aspect for me is, I, this is what I believe I really picked up from Bishop Julian Lott, is he's an excellent teacher. And I will... I would venture to say he's probably the best teacher mm -hmm. biblically that I personally know. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
probably my desire to be thorough. Mm -hmm. I picked that up along the way from him. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to practically show my people. I don't if we're talking about, for instance, uh, David in the Bible, I, I, I want to bring David home to us so, so we can see him as a cousin as a, as a you know, right. somebody we can connect to versus this person in the Bible, right. tons Far of years ago. Time that we don't know, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, relevancy, the relevancy, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that preparation, uh, I do take the time to to make whatever I'm studying applicable uh, and, and relatable to where people are not seeing you know Bible characters as just some fictional. People, you know, Bible stories in the kitty day, and you know, yeah, when we were kids, right. you know what I'm saying? Sunday school, right? yeah, Sunday school, <laughs> right? Uh, because we need to be able to relate to these people in order to to be able to relate to our God, mm -hmm. and so God reveals Himself through all of these practical people. Even though He was a king, uh, He still made mistakes, right? Right. And and you know, if, if David was alive today as king, how judgmental would we be wow. about David? Wow. You be on the news a lot. I'm telling you. <laughs> Social media. You be on the news a lot. <laughs> but now we, we, we praise and worship King David. Right. Yeah. right. You know, the infallible man. No, this dude was fallible. Nah, he was a man after God's own heart, but he was a real dude. Man, man that's, still. that's the thing about yeah, him. Some would call him trifling. <laughs> you understand? He was I mean, trifling. Yeah, he was <laughs> trifling. <laughs> what he, he was trifling. That was, that, was, that was real. That's indiscriminable, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he was trifling. Well, let me ask you, what do you do first when you get ready to prepare a sign? What I do first, uh, I think the very first thing that I do is, I mean, and I know this is going to sound real cliche, mm -hmm. okay, but it's really not when it comes down to me, is I ask the Lord where he wants me to go. You know what I mean? Like, that's the first thing, and I wait, man. Prayer. I wait. I wait until God reveals to me where to go. Mm -hmm. If that's Saturday night, okay, then yeah. it's Saturday night. Yeah. Right. We're gonna just stay up and get this thing done. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. And, okay. and the reality is, is that even you know, for me, God has given me a different, completely different word after I made it to church to preach Man. on Sunday morning. Man. You know what I'm saying? I know right. that's a very familiar uh, deal with, with a lot of preachers and pastors, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? But I mean, I wait until God revealed to me and I know it when I see it. You know what I mean? Like I know it when I see it. Okay, God, that's it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And from that point, I'm, I'm searching for the illustrations. Okay. Right. I got to have okay. illustrations. Right. So you go from, you get uh, influential passages of scripture. Yeah. And so you there, and then you're trying to look at ways you can illustrate this, quote unquote, and make it come to life. Absolutely. So that's kind of the building blocks. That's hey. it. And B. That's and, it. And you'll take it whenever you get it. That's it. That's it. Whenever <laughs> I get it, I, I'm ready for it. Right. I know God gave it to me. So let me ask um, when it comes to uh, stylistically, when you put a sermon together, do you, are, are, do you, are, are you a writing? Notes, or you kind of scrambling, scratch notes, note cards, or is it all extemporaneous? You know, as it comes, you know, from God to the mouth. I mean, to the head, then to the mind, then to the mouth. How is your process of preaching going? Most people like you have a very 
strict structure. Let me talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> you are a very structured individual. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For me, not so much. Uh-huh. Okay, and and as a as a kid, it was almost like a disability, right? You know what I mean? Or teachers would say, okay. because you're so unorganized. Uh-huh. But even though that may have appeared to be a weakness, it was a strength for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or either I learned how to make it a strength for me. I don't know. So it varies for me. It's working for you, Doc. Time to time. You know, time mm-hmm. from time to time. I mean, sometimes I can do three points. Uh, how do you develop them, though? I mean, do you, do, you, do you write them or type them? So up until, them up until I pastor, I started pastoring. Mm-hmm. The way that I prepared my sermon was I would have the points. It might have been one point. It might have been two points. Mm-hmm. It could have been a sub point. It might have been three. It might have been five. Right. Okay. Right. But but I would have a point, and in my mind, I would rehearse what I was going to say. Right. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would rehearse it. Yeah. Okay. And then I go to the next point. Okay. And I would rehearse it in my mind because notes always threw me off. I couldn't really. I couldn't really make it all flow right. and work together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I would rehearse it in my mind so that when I got up, mm-hmm. all I had to see was the point. And so from the point, I could build it. And then I know when I'm, I'm getting done with that point, I need to look to my next one. Okay, I see that point, and then I build it. Okay. And, and, and that's how I would do, but I would always rehearse it in my mind. So it would always appear like, Man, he just preaching off the cuff, but I would be then rehearsed it in my mind. Maybe so you got the Jay Z effect. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, you know, most people who follow hip hop understand that right. Jay Z and, and Notorious B.I.G. A few people who are notable for not taking pen and pad to the booth. Right. If they listen to the track over and over again, and then they get up and they, and they record a record. Yep. They spit. Yep. So you. That was the method. That was my style. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Now, you're not alone in this, but I just you know, <laughs> right. I wanted people to understand. Right. So that means, so you are uh, preaching essentially yeah. to yourself. Over and over and over again. Sequentially. Yeah. So over yeah. and over and over again until the, you're comfortable with the yeah. point. And so then you carry it into the to the pulpit with you. So yeah. what do you take into the pulpit with you? Uh, I take a Bible. Mm-hmm. I take a piece of paper. It's old school. Yeah. You know, of course, now I do. I do have them. I have electronic now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you have the devices. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, but, still, but, you know, it's your but, but that's it. And 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 even now, when I study, because everything has really changed mm-hmm. since I've been pastoring. You know, right. everything structurally have changed for me. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So sometimes um, when I'm teaching, all I have is my Bible. Sometimes I have some points. I've I've learned how to do the three points, you know, and have all the information down. I've I've learned how to do that, so I can do various different ways at this point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it just depends on what vein and how the spirit is flowing. You know, if the spirit is flowing, sometimes I might go completely off script. Some I mean, it's just hey man, yeah, it just. It just however the Lord gives it to me is how I get it. You know what I mean? I don't want to lock myself down and limit God because God might want to say something that I did not write on my paper. Mm -hmm. And if I give the Holy Spirit free reign to speak, then whether or not I get back to that, that's up to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes it might be what I want to say and and not what the Lord Mm -hmm. wants me to say. Right, right. Sound good to me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But it might not be what the Lord wants me to say. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of it, 
you know, the Holy Spirit will tell me, okay, that, that was all you, man. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the Lord did what he needed to do. Yeah. Indeed. Pastor Wesley. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> so how is, what's your process? How do you kind of start in the beginning? So in most cases, I feel like God gives me a thought. Right. Um, I remember one of my sermons um, watching the New Edition movie. And, uh, okay, on BET. On BET. Shout out. <laughs> and uh, Can You Stand the Rain came on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was like the thought of standing in the rain just, it just stuck with me. Like, yeah. man, you know, it it's just kept, it kept resonating with me. Uh -huh. You know, like, man, so it was like, Okay, go to the scripture and let's 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 talk about oh, yeah. storms that come up yeah. in our lives, and um, that's good. Just having that thought, finding uh, the scripture that applies to that 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 thought per se, studying that uh, particular thought, and then something like what Herschel said. I throughout that week, I'm, I'm probably I'm thinking of these different points that could come up um, uh, as I'm studying the scripture. And my uncle always told me, he said, you preach from the overflow of your study. Right, right, So right. studying these scriptures and and then, you know, getting that overflow, yeah. understanding, okay, this is this is what this scripture is in. This is what this scripture is saying and trying to put those points together. But this is the thing. I can't write anything down until either the night before oh, wow. or the morning of the sermon. Okay. So one time, man, I was I had all my points together, man, <laughs> and started uh, typing out my sermon, and man went to sleep that Saturday night. Woke up Sunday morning. God said, change all of that. Wow. Erase it. Change. <laughs> went through, deleted the whole, you know, pretty much the wow. whole. I sermon. worked so hard. You know, <laughs> could have saved that bad boy for a rainy day. Maybe could have, but but even, but coming from the same text, it was like. No, I don't want you to talk about any of that stuff you were talking about. This is what wow. I want you to say. And like sometimes I, I feel like I'm in a hard spot. Like yeah. I'm like maybe I'm experiencing some writer's block or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I'm trying to get my sermon together. But it's like, are you really listening to what God wants you to say? Right. Or are you saying what you think you people want to hear? Yeah. Or are you yeah. saying what Roy wants to say? Mm -hmm. So um, getting to that point to where, like, man, listening, really listening on Sunday morning to what he has. For me to say and being able to uh, go through those scriptures and say it's what powerful, he man. really has for me to say, opposed to trying to please people. Yep. And you know, um, being the youth minister at Great Pleasant Hill for um, maybe three or four years, yeah, uh, it was like I gotta target this to the young people, right. but I want the older generation to get right, something right, from it too. Right, so it was right. like. It was like, man, how do, how do I convey both? How do I uh, talk to both of these groups? Yeah. Multi-generation. And then just understanding, like, man, I just need to say what God wants me That's to say right. opposed right. to trying to trying to please people. Please people, people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like you say, uh, you know, getting those points and you're trying to figure out different illustrations. How yeah. can I bring this home to our young people? Um, I remember one time, man, God really blessed me with one uh, one illustration with the bow tie. I know mm -hmm. I remember talking that. about the bow tie. Yeah. And man, just in conversation mm -hmm. with somebody and them talking about a bow tie, I was like, man. You're going illustration. Yeah, man, yeah. that. You had to the, the, the carry glasses. Right. You yeah. like, oh, I can <laughs> see it. I was like, I can see it. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
man. Now let me write this down before I forget. <laughs> but yeah, so um, definitely I ponder on it throughout the week. Yeah. I study those scriptures and then. But you do not write until I, I try to do it. I try to do get it done Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that's your writing time. Yeah. Saturday. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my writing time. But mm-hmm. most of the time Sunday so morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> it, 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 I, just come together. <laughs> <laughs> tap 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 tap. Yeah. Then get to the pool, oh, pick up the iPad, and tap tap a little And then you know, and this is the thing about it too. Uh, like hearing the choir sing uh, yeah. their songs, yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it was funny one time, man. Like uh, nobody had any idea what I was preaching, but they sung a particular song, and the song went right with the message. And I'm right. like, oh, I can put this in the message. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit, confirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and then you know, I'm, I'm short-winded anyway. I'm still kind of uh, in my first five years of this. Right. So, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, this adds to my time. <laughs> <laughs> When you're young in the ministry, you're trying to add time. Right, right. And then when you get older, you try to touch them out. Like, now I'm too long. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. That's, that, but that's a, that's a fact. I, I think the greatest reward uh, in preaching has been when that person that comes up to you after oh, service. Oh, yeah, God. That's and they say, man, priceless, man, that was for me. Yes. Right. And it makes it all worth it. No, the Lord used you. Yeah. yeah that that it does it right there. If, you know, I don't have to hear... A single amen. I don't yep. have to hear anybody praising me or anything like that. But if that one person can come up to me and say, "Man, that was for That's me," true. and it, it really makes me feel like, "Man, God put that on my Absolutely. heart to share." Absolutely. And He wanted you here at this time. Absolutely. Just like, just like my situation when I heard Chris Davis. Yep. Time, God wanted me Perfect. there in yep. that moment. Yep. To and hear. to hear that, and it was. It was for me. Absolutely. So uh, definitely, that's the that's the best reward man. that you get out of anything. And preaching. you know, and you know, Roy, man, what's crazy is. It seems like the sermons that we feel like we flop on. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Man, yeah. a lot of times those are the most powerful sermons right. to people. Right. It's like, man, this didn't come out right. I forgot to say that. Right. You know what I mean? I and mean, then all of a sudden, man, I'll never forget, man. I was doing, I was preaching a convention or something. And, uh, you know, it, it was a whole lot of pressure. Because, I mean, anytime you got to preach in front of preachers, man, it's just yeah, like, pressure. It's pressure, yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, in all honesty, man. You know, you feel like everybody got their grade yep, cards out. Yep, they great. Oh, trust me. Man. They great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I great. Yeah. Exactly. We all great. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you talking about you've been preaching for 20 years. Like, where, where do you get that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, man, I got up. And it did not really flow the way I felt like it could have or should have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so after I said, well, I gave it the best shot. You know what I mean? So I did my do, man. So after everything was over with, you know, we shaking hands. It was, a, it was a lady who came up to me. She said, there's a young lady who wants to uh, say something to you. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, send her on over. This girl came up. She was t- so touched by the word. You know what I mean? She said, what would it take for you to come to my church? And I mean, the girl was just kind of going on and on. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away yeah. that this kid, I mean, this was a kid. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like a kid's message, right? Right. right. But that she would she would 
have interest and be able to have Connect the dialogue. About, said, yeah. I mean, it was mind blowing to me, and I had to really repent. I said, God, here I am grading myself on the standards of men right. versus mm-hmm. what you. I mean, who knows? And mm-hmm. I think we really have to just fall into that vein of saying, okay, God, not my will, let your will be done. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, certainly. Let me ask you this, uh, Reverend Wesley. Uh, what do you take with you as far as your preparation? I mean, uh, is it how do you try to structure your sermons? I mean, is there a certain kind of stylistic approach that you take or something in mind in particular? I, I pretty much uh, work with my sermons in essay form. Mm-hmm. So uh, bringing, doing that introduction, uh, then finding those concrete details right, within right. the within the scripture mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much basing it like that. And then, you know, they say, Tell them what you're gonna tell them. Right. Yeah. Tell them, and yeah. then tell, tell them, them what, what you told. told. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So definitely following that's those good. guidelines, trying to make sure that in my introduction that I'm introducing uh, these three points that I'm gonna talk about, mm-hmm. and then trying to tie those points together throughout the the sermon, and then coming to the end and you know reiterating everything right. that I I just said within that message. Right. That's good. Yeah. So uh, for you, what you carry, you're pretty technologically advanced. I, yeah, I, I got the iPad. The iPad. <laughs> what you I, I, You know, you've always had the iPad. <laughs> well, you know, the the second time, the second time I preached, because the first time I preached, yeah. man, it was y'all like, get real here. We missed that. You did yeah, that on the low. Right, right. right. <laughs> Back to the personality. Right, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> so the first time I preached, it was like you know I had my little, I had my paper. Yeah. You know, I had yep. my little, you know, typed it out or whatever. And I was losing my spot, yep. you know, and having, yep. and I, I didn't know the little pause things that right. you know people say, like you know when you when people ask are you praying with me, right. <laughs> I, I didn't know that at the time. You had right. developed it in preacher, right? Ticks and colloquialisms. When people were saying that, I didn't, I didn't know that they were like probably lost their spot. Hey, you telling all our secrets? Oh, that's what the pastor be doing. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely gotta have my iPad. Uh, um, Cause if I don't have my iPad, it's gonna be a lot of points that were left on yeah. the table. <laughs> like man, I really just, just and even, even with even with having an iPad, there was still points sometimes that right. Right. Oh, right. that like it might come to me as as a choir singing or something right. like that, right. Right. and it might be a point that I say, okay, I want to get this out. But at the same time, when I pray, I say, God, whatever you would have me to say, Amen. you know, I'm giving you the you know. Use me, yeah, say whatever um, you need to say through me. So uh, a lot of times, maybe maybe that point didn't need, need to be said. It. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so yeah, but yeah, definitely going up there with an iPad. Yeah, yeah. So that's your scripture from there, sermon from there. Right. That's how you operate. Right. I got you. So I probably need to start doing the note cards, and I think maybe I would be. I, it, honestly, I think mm-hmm. I might be a better preacher if I did it that mm-hmm. way, opposed to. Uh, relying on the iPad. Yeah, I got you. you know yeah, I, mean? I do. Sometimes you can be kind of crippled by uh, the technology. Right. The technology. I mean, even if it's paper, sometimes, like you were kind of mentioning, uh, uh, Pastor Williams, you don't want to be stuck to the right. trap by the note, right? Yeah. Right. So right. to speak. You right. know, and that not have any room for the for the spirit was, to come and, in. And it was actually one of the things you pointed out to me, Reverend Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, I don't. Sometimes I don't hear the roar that I know. 
Mm-hmm. I sometimes I hear the Lord is trying not to miss right, up right, 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 sermon. Right, right. Perfection is wrong. And like uh, listening to conversational, right, right, so, like this wrong, right, right, right. <laughs> so, right. Getting the opportunity to listen to my, hear myself play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that has helped me tremendously. Absolutely. I, I take my iPhone up there yes. now and I record myself yeah. uh, as I'm preaching and like uh, being able to hear like, okay, man, sound a little monotone. Right, right. I need, right, to, right, you know, right. need to bring some excitement to uh, this text. Get excited. <laughs> so definitely, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm still growing. Oh, I'm, absolutely. The one, I'm the one yeah, here sitting at the lot. table. Y'all, y'all, yeah, I know we're mean, still growing too, though. Be yeah, foolish to say otherwise. Right, right. For real. Uh, definitely uh, experiencing a lot of growth. Um, and, Amen. You know, uh, really being able to listen to God for a sermon, opposed to just trying to be right, 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 right. We, hey, we all been there. Right. <laughs> Every one of us, we all been there. We all been there. Um, I guess you know, for myself, Kyle to turn the hat backwards. <laughs> hey man, the boys is ready. This radio. <laughs> Uh, you know, so um, uh, as Pastor Williams mentioned earlier, I'm probably the most traditional mm-hmm. out of uh, the bunch. Uh, and so, uh, you know, my process is, I mean, it can be similar sometimes, different at other times. Um, you know, I've had the uh, privilege to, to, you know, to, to, to preach and uh, to pastor. Um, a previous church and, uh, you know, to be a part of a ministry at Greater Pleasant Hill and now uh, pastoring in, in uh, an historic Mons chapel in uh, Prescott, Arkansas. And so my while I haven't always been a pastor, I think maybe my preaching has uh, always kind of been, I've always kind of thought of it uh, pastorally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, um, it kind of, I mean, I think all preaching probably starts with some thought. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, inspiration from various different things right. and, and something that you're studying. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're trying to uh, uh, structure uh, mm-hmm. things according to uh, the calendar and making sure that um, there are days you want to acknowledge, you know, right. um, those sorts of things. So all those kind of stuff kind of go into play, especially... Um, during this time of year, um, you know, as we come upon, you know, Easter uh, season, Resurrection uh, Sunday. Um, and so uh, those are things you always are part of thinking or acknowledge. But in just the basic everyday, week-to-week application, obviously I'm looking for inspiration from the things I study, from the things that I hear, from the things that I read. Really, I'm just anywhere. Any, mm-hmm. There's a sermon Mm-hmm. Out there somewhere, always. You know always. what I mean. Um, and so those are the kind of things that I'm always kind of taking note of and always kind of looking to. Uh, for me, I'm trying to. Uh, I do a lot of preparation, whether people believe it or not, on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I hate it too, man. I hate it. So I, I strive a lot oftentimes. I mean, so I, I, I work really hard to try to prepare in advance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to go through my method, um, you know, early on. And so, you know, you know, everybody who knows me 
Now, I love preaching. I love preachers. I study preaching and preachers as the discipline and the art form, uh, so on and so forth. And so uh, when I take the text, you know, I examine the text and uh, 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 using kind of a methodology from H.B. Charles uh, Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to question the text, try to get the relevant, you know, things like the who, the what, the why, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and all those sorts of things to just question and interrogate the text and try to have an understanding of it first and foremost. And as I examine it um, and look at it, you know, I take that and what I have from my examination of the text, it determines exactly, you know, where the sermon is going to go. And so after I examine the text and ask questions of the text, then there's different types of sermons, you know. So some of those sermons will be uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a, well, I guess the didactic method, as they say, you have a question of the text, mm-hmm. you read, uh, you answer the questions or examine the questions, bring up the, the thoughts or uh, those things that disagree, and then prove the text out. Um, and so that's, you know, one method. Uh, um, Frank Thomas, um, you can Google him on YouTube. He talks about something that's really been a part of African-American preaching since the beginning, which is he's termed it as the celebration method, um, where we talk about a problem. Mm -hmm. Some kind of you mentioned about uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes. Here's an issue. Uh, Here's what the scripture, uh, you know, says and helps us how to resolve the issue. Mm -hmm. And then that quote-unquote hooping that we've been talking about (laughs) is the celebration part, the celebration of the resolution of the issue that you've been dealing with. And so um, that's one uh, way. Uh, you know, there's a, a bunch of different ways, uh, like I mentioned. But what I get out of the text is going to determine which way I seek to try to, you know, to, to, to preach the text. And so different different texts will uh, require me, you know, using one method or the other. But either way, usually, you know, I try to uh, follow the method or the methodology to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I try to produce a document I would love if I could to have what I wanted uh, on like Thursday at the Oh yeah, that would, right. that would be ideal. Man, it would be perfect. Um, when those opportunities come, I have that opportunity to do so. You know, I just feel really uh, light, airy, and free, like yeah. a cloud. You know, like, Woo, you know yeah. this is a good day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared and everything's working out all right. You know what I mean. So all I gotta do is rehearse. All I gotta do is just get up there and do do what uh, what the Lord want me to do. Um, and so you know, at that time when things like that, uh, you know, and I have moments like that, you know, those are ideal. But a lot of times, I mean, some of my most effective preaching, uh, according to the experiences and the responses, has been you know those things that have been prepared in that. You know, late night hour, even mm-hmm. though I might have been in preparation, I might have been working on it or thinking about it for sometimes. It's those things typically for me that I connect to emotionally mm-hmm. uh, that that indeed bring about my quote unquote best preaching. Right. right. Uh, uh, and I put that in air quotes because I mean, it's, it's relative to the situation and like you right. mentioned to the experience. Right. We talked about that uh, young girl who, who, who approached you. You know, so for me, um, I don't necessarily have a particular, there are different methods and disciplines and styles, and I'll use any of them. Sometimes I'm going to have an introduction, I'll have three points, Mm -hmm. and I'll have a song 
to finish. Um, that'll, it'll be that structure. Sometimes I won't have a quote-unquote point at all. Mm -hmm. I'll just preach, you know, a text to a degree, and it'll kind of come out like an essay, right, uh, right. you know, on some level. Uh, on sometimes um, I'm preaching in movements. I'm just building one thing on top of the next mm -hmm. thing on top of the next thing, and it's one point yeah. the whole time. Yeah. But you know, we're getting to the point right. throughout the text. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So. I use all those different kinds of methods just dependent. I preach probably almost every kind of sermon I can think of. One thing that I don't really have that much of are illustrations. Mm -hmm. I'm not a really illustrative preacher. I'm probably more exegetical than I am Absolutely. anything. I'm going to spend time yeah. in the text and trying to bring it into relevance as far as where we are, you know, who we are, what's going on inside of the text and how those points are relevant for us. I got a few stories. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I'll drop one in there, here or there, but that's not really probably the strongest yeah. aspect yeah. of my right, right. of my preaching. And, you know, uh, uh, it just, you know, depends. I, I've been in seasons where I've been like you, Pastor Williams, where I just had points on paper. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, there's been some times and uh, uh, y'all can both attest to the fact where I came in there and I had nothing but my iPhone. And I preached all that. You know. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you, know, <it's laughs> just, <laughs> you know, so it just depends for me. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it sometimes sometimes it's extemporaneous. Even when I write notes, and even I used to be when I first began, I was a uh, a, a text document preacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I put on the paper yeah. you is that? what I preach. Yeah. I mean, down to the ad libs. <laughs> okay. When I first started out, I would put in there, y'all don't hear me. <laughs> in parentheses. Okay. You know, people. I was so structured with that. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. you know, like I was afraid yeah. almost. Yeah, man, you know? people, people at work, and they'd be up there like, man, did you put your, you know, your yeah. ad libs yeah. in there? Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily, but, you know, I understand somebody. Right, does. right, right. I right. I don't have a problem with that. Because, like, like you said, people don't necessarily understand what actually goes into right. the preparation uh, aspect for a sermon. So, yeah. And I say this, man. It's kind of like, yeah. like this, man. Like, okay, so I paint cars, right? For those people who don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? And people think that the, um, the paint job is the whole job. Right. But it's not. Right. <laughs> It's the stuff that went like, into it. Okay. Layers in, 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 in the game. The deal is, I painted I painted a bumper like today, mm -hmm. like before we started recording this, right? So the actual painting of the bumper probably was about 20 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And the last thing you did? No time. That was the last thing. <laughs> the last yeah. thing I did was feed the hogs. Probably <laughs> for the paint job. Right, right. It's for the paint job. And so... You look at how quickly that went. Mm -hmm. You base it, then you clear it, and it's done. No right. time. Mm -hmm. But I had to repair the bumper. Mm -hmm. The time came in the preparation. Right. right, right. Before you can paint it, that part took hours. Right. But the only thing people see 
It's the end job. It's the paint job. That was easy. It only took And you just spray it across. Right, right, right. It's nothing to that. I can then look at you and say, I can paint. And get in there and some Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's the same thing with preaching, right, man. Right. People just see, you know, the 20 or the 30 or the 40 minutes we stand in, mm-hmm. but they don't see the hours that man. it took for us to research, to study. To, to knock the piss out, that man. to buff it. What? And all those other things that you spend time doing, yeah. trying to construct it. Yeah. It's a lot goes. A lot. What they say, uh, kind of like an iceberg. Yeah, yeah, you just see the tip. Right. You see the tip, but you don't see everything. That boy heavy in there. There. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and so um, I think that's one aspect that uh, maybe you never really thought about to our listeners and never kind of uh, examine that aspect of it. And, um, you wonder how preachers come up with these things, and so that's kind of some of the backdrop for us. Yeah. Yep. On uh, uh, the people who influence us and how we kind of work to try to come up with the things that we say. That's right. Uh, so uh, we're not just opening the Bible on Sunday morning and walking up there and picking, putting right. our finger <laughs> on the spot. Just open the Bible up. All right. <laughs> I'm preaching this. Right, right. That's yeah. not how it works. Wow. That's not how it works. There's a lot more work that goes into it. Unfortunately, um, some people do. <laughs> I mean, uh, just, you know, we're going to pray about that. Yeah. We're going to speak on it. We're going to pray about it. We're going to pray about it. That's between uh, him and the Lord. But we know we all got to give an account for that's it. That's true. And so Amen. we have a responsibility as uh, preachers to uh, uh, to do what the Lord has called us. And in order to be effective, and preparation is important. Preparation is important. So uh, that's something that we uh, uh, seek to do. Um, and so I appreciate you all. Sometimes, you know, preachers get a little leery about sharing these kind of, you know, oh, yeah. quote true. unquote uh, uh, secrets or opening up the curtain. But, you know, we wanted to give you all uh, uh, um, kind of a different aspect or a different side as preachers. Um, some of the things that we work to try to, to, to make possible. So um, we just uh, thank you all for tuning in with us. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. For spending some time here with us as we kind of got deep in the weeds on the subject uh, that I know uh, many of our listeners probably have wondered about. Now that sounded country. <laughs> deep, I, deep in the weeds. I, in the weeds. Hey, I am from Arkansas. I know it. Across the river. Yeah, across the river. Can't know that's talking about being country. We are country. Right. So, you know, um, thank y'all for tuning in with us. Um, we ask you guys to continue. Uh, to make sure that you are sharing our episodes, that you are liking our episodes, that you take the time to give us those five stars five on your apps. We need the ratings and the ratings. Um, and please, share. please continue to share. We all at the house, you know, most of us. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know, you, That's you, right. you got time. Give somebody a little extra something to listen to, share, and uh, share a like. You know, last time, the last couple of times I forgot, but this time I will not forget the music that you hear right now. Maestro exclusive. Maestro exclusive. We want to make sure we give our brother credit. So indeed, we thank him uh, sure. for, for setting us up uh, with this uh, uh, with this uh, a nice backdrop. Um, and we want to make sure uh, that you all continue to tune in with us, continue rocking with us. We appreciate you tuning in to the Eden Out of Season podcast, where we will continue to keep it real, relevant, and still religious. Peace out.